The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. And welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. Yay! Woo! No sound effects tonight because I was not trying to uh, trying to juggle that and what I'm doing right now, which is the news. So, folks, um, this week we had a movie protocol, so we had um, so we did not record Thursday night like we normally do. Um, uh. I should probably do the, the thing, but I didn't, whatever. But I'll go ahead and get this out of the way regardless. Uh, so we didn't have um, a, a show Thursday night, but we recorded uh, a couple days later, which that should be out by now, actually, uh, in your feeds by the time you're hearing this. Uh, but we didn't do the news, so I'm doing it right now. Uh, I am your host, Roddy Cat. How you doing? You can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter. You can find me at News Nurse Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. Cha-ching! Uh, but yeah, this is it. This is just me tonight. Uh, no, it just seven. No, well, the other guys don't really show up anyway. But um, but yeah, it's just it's just me, you, and the news. Welcome. Uh, let's see. And while I'm sitting here juggling a couple of things, I would like to say that we are absolutely positively going to have um a show uh this coming Thursday. You know, like we normally do. Things don't change. It's just that sometimes we have these weeks where, you know, movie called protocol goes into effect and things going on and uh, we do it a little bit later. This actually should have been out a couple of days ago also, but, you know, that's how things go. But regardless, uh, Spiel Away, uh, you can find this here podcast on the Coastal of the Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Cha-ching. You could also find this podcast on your podcast for the place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, uh, Spotify, or the Coast of the Podcast SoundCloud page. Ching. Um, obviously, if you are watching this, the video version of this, whether live or after the fact, you can find uh, them at uh, the YouTube channel of The Click Nations. That's the Click Nation. Uh, that's YouTube.com slash The Click Nation. That's the K L I Q N A T I O N. Or you could also find us at uh, Twitch.tv slash Comic Book Chronicles. Cha-ching. But also, uh, folks, if you don't mind, it would be very lovely if you could follow, well, both of those channels, but specifically um, the Twitch channel of The Comic Book Chronicles. So that uh, we can, you know, get some more people to get the word out there about it. Like, we've been doing this for years. We just really got on Twitch um, a few months ago. Um, and, uh, you know, we're trying to, trying, to get our, trying to get our views up and our follows up so we can put some more uh, extra content up there right now. Because Twitch has this thing to where you cannot, um, you can't add uh, your upload anything until you become an affiliate, which is 
uh, 50 followers, and that's kind of ridiculous, but it is what it is, you know. Nevertheless, we're still going to give you the content regardless of whether that happens or not. And with that, folks, uh, we are actually going to get into said content as I move, uh, as I move some things around. And whoops, there we go. So as we tend to do after we do our um, after we review our comic books of the week, we go into the news section, and we start off with the cinematic news. Do 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 do. Actually, I'm doing it in the wrong place, but whatever. I could very well put some sound effects in here, but you know, again, laziness besets me, uh, folks. At this particular juncture. And time. Plus, I didn't actually set it up like I probably should have. Um, but we're not going to worry about that because you know what? We are we are going to do the thing like we know what we're doing. In fact, actually, hold on a second. I'm not cutting any of this out. So, yeah. Um. Oh yeah, that's that's not gonna work either, is it? Um, <laughs> yeah, supper time. Supper, supper, supper. Uh, I'm actually kind of curious if this is going to work. Um, that seems like a big no. Nope, it's not. So, you know what? That's fine. Um, nevertheless, here we go. News. News. See, that's news. Right there. Cinematic news, folks. Uh, Suicide Squad cast will appear on a speci- in a special Wipeout episode. That might have happened already. I don't actually know. So... Uh, John Cena's world collides when his castmates and his director from the upcoming film The Suicide Squad join him on Wipeout, the TBS uh, competition show that he hosts with uh, Nicole Byer and Camille Kostek for a special Suicide Squad-themed edition of the game show. Uh, folks, if y'all don't know what Wipeout is, it's a... Uh, it's, uh, some would say, I guess it's... Um, Double Dare, Legend of Hidden Temple, without all the pretense. It's just a big obstacle course where, you know, people fall into the water and, and it gets replayed like 20,000 different times. I think you, you get the gist of it. You probably already know. Um, uh, let's see. It says on August 4th, for, excuse me, August 1st, which is uh, not too far. Okay, so it hasn't happened just yet. Uh, they probably already taped it, though. On August 4, 1st, uh, four of Cena's co-stars from the Suicide Squad, namely Nathan Fillion, Joel Kinnaman, David uh, Dastmalchian, I'm not sure how the, that's how he spells his name, I apologize for jacking it up, and Daniela Melchior, will show up to cheer on and give advice to the teams uh, that are competing for the prize. That, of course, is just... Five days before Suicide Squad opens in movie theaters and on demand on HBO Max. So there you go, low cross promotion from with uh, C, uh, TBS and um, Warner. 
whatever. Cool. That's super. Uh, speaking of Suicide Squad, Harley Quinn may have multiple outfits and weapons. So uh, Harley Quinn will be armed with multiple weapons and don various outfits in James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Don't know why this is news, but here we go. I'll put this in here. <laughs> so I have only in myself to blame for this. Uh, she has a mission outfit to start with that's very different. She didn't come on the mission wearing a ball gown. Well, yeah, I guess it's true. Yeah. Harley Quinn portrayer uh, Margot Robbie said during a set visit attended by Screen Rant and other outlets. Um, although with Harley, she could have just been like, uh, I just like it. This is what I wanted. I wanted to be pretty today. My baseball bat is next to my bed back in LA. I got other weapons in this one. Many, many weapons, but mainly one, actually. So, yeah, there you go. Which, yeah, if you've seen the trailer, you've seen the ball gown thing she's wearing. We don't know why, but, eh, you know what? We don't, we don't mind. We don't mind at all. Next up. Uh, Black Adam star had no idea that she was what she was auditioning for. So Black Adam's uh, Sarah Shahi uh, revealed that she had no idea that she was auditioning for the upcoming DC Extended Universe film. While speaking with the Hollywood Reporter, Shahi was asked if the casting process for Black Adam was an exhaustive one. Quote, uh, you know what? I actually tanked the audition for Sex Life and I had to put myself on tape five times. Um, so Sex Life was probably the hardest casting process I've ever been in. Uh, whereas Black Adam was the easiest part casting process. Uh, Sex Life is a Netflix thing, if I'm not mistaken. That's out there right now. Um, but anyway. The universe definitely gave me a little kiss on the cheek when I got this one. End quote. Uh, well, she added... While she was uh, filming Sex Live, she put herself on tape on, in Toronto for the movie, which she knew nothing about, including the title. Um, so she says here, uh, so I auditioned with two very nondescript scenes, and then the world shut down, uh, she continued. So the next thing I knew, I got a phone call saying, remember that movie uh, you went out on? And I couldn't remember because it was a couple of months after I had auditioned. But they said, well, they want to meet with you. And it's the black, the project called Black Adam with Dwayne Johnson. And it sounded so surreal. It uh, sounded like I was being pranked or something. It didn't sound real, according to her. So there you go. There's been a, a, a few instances of, of that going on in, um, in, in spots. You know, the, the people don't know what they're auditioning for, but they're doing it anyway. So that's cool. Uh, Gal Gadot welcomes third daughter, baby Daniela, with husband uh, Jason Varsano. Grateful and happy. So, yeah. Apparently, uh, Gal Gadot and her husband have now have, have um, three daughters. So that could be like a TV show. Like My Three Sons or something. But no. Uh, the Wonder Woman actress, who's apparently 36, and husband uh, Jason Varsano welcomed the third baby on uh well this was like last week uh so recently on instagram sharing a sweet photo of her family of five in a bed together uh godot and fasano also share girls alma nine and maya four so that's cool go ahead um i was gonna say something respectfully but um i'm gonna let that go but uh, congratulations to the happy family um, now we talked about this on, we did talk about this on the show. Um, 
Richard Donner, famed director and producer, uh, Richard Donner has died at 91. You can go check out the other, um, the, uh, the other show from this week, uh, which is should which is, uh, episode, uh, what, 240, excuse me, uh, 424. And yeah, we kind of go into it just a little bit more about the, um, the legacy of Richard Donner. You know, the man was 91. He had a, he's had a, um, man's had a life. Um, but yeah, like I said, you know, Superman, you might know him from, which is germane to this particular show, but, um, he's done plenty of other things, uh, including directed the Omen, which I totally didn't remember he did. Um, the original Omen, not any kind of remakes or anything, the, the original joint. If you're a horror fan, you should watch the original Omen if you have not. Um, those movies, as a, as a non-horror fan, I would say that, um, those movies are actually pretty good and I'm not even a horror fan. What up, Cap? <laughs> How's it going, good sir? Uh, just doing a little late night news so I can so I can um, clear up some things. But it's doing all right, though. Anyway, uh, let's continue. Batwoman uh, season three to introduce Renee Montoya, uh, according to a news report. So it seems that uh, Batwoman season three is looking to add uh, three new characters to its cast, including Ren- Renee Montoya. And this is according to a um, a uh, rumor site, the Illuminati. So again, take it for what it is. Hope you're doing. By the way, hope you're doing okay uh, tonight, Cap. Um, the CW series is looking for a uh, Latinx or Afro Latinx uh, actor in her 30s for a series regular role. A former Gotham City Police Department uh, officer who left the department due to GCP, the mistreatment of Gotham's marginalized citizens. Montoya is now a paper pusher in charge of the quote-unquote freaks division at the mayor's mayor's office. Pardon me. Uh, She's dedicated to cleaning up Gotham streets the right way, quote-unquote. So, I know there is a recent uh, storyline in DC Comics where... uh, Marene, Rene Montoya has become the mayor. Um, no, actually, excuse me, she was commissioned, not the mayor of the GCPD. So, this doesn't sound like it's following along that. And it doesn't sound like uh, she's going to become uh, the question, which she has also in the comics, which I believe she is still the question in the comics. Um... So I'm very curious about uh, whether they're going to even touch on that or not. So. But it says here that the superhero drama is also uh, casting Jada Jet, a black woman in her late 40s to early 50s and CEO of Jet Industries, which I think that's what this next uh, article is about. So we just pop on to that. Uh, Robin Givens joins season three of CW drama Batwoman as series regular. So and apparently Robin Givens was just recently on Riverdale. I don't know because I have never watched it. Uh, well, I say that, but I think I watched it one episode. So, uh, But it says here that Robin Givens has been tapped for a key role in the upcoming third season of CW's Batwoman. Uh, yep. Rib Givens, a new series regular on the DC drama, will play Jada Jet, a powerful CEO for Jet Industries. Uh, Jada isn't bossy. She's the boss. Uh, passionate and hardworking, a woman who's worked her way through life's up and down to climb her way to the top. Um, all while being extremely protective of her impetuous son. 
A woman with a deep past that forced her to give up her firstborn child, Jada is a woman with a good heart, but will do whatever it takes to protect her family. So she will probably end up being a bad guy at some point, or is something or other, or this universe's uh, Lex Luthor. I have no idea who that character is, or if that's like a new one or something. So shout out to Robin Givens. Do you think? Um, Mortal Kombat Legends, uh, Battle for the Realm, Battle of the Realms trailer sets up a final tournament. So this is the animated, um, Mortal Kombat, um, movie. Uh, the trailer looks actually not bad for if you've ever got a chance to check it out. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, the article talking about said trailer actually, and, uh, you can find it in the show notes, um, if you are interested, or I saw it on YouTube and all the other places. But you know what? Hey, we got show notes. Go check them out. Ding. But yeah, it's a pretty good trailer. When is this thing coming out, actually? Uh, it is going to be out on digital Blu ray and the 4K Ultra HD combo pack on August 31st. Got it. Cool. Um. Oh, right. And this takes place after that other. Um, Mortal Kombat's uh, animated joint, uh, Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpio's Revenge, which I still have yet to to check out, and I probably should. And it sounds like, yeah, as as uh, as the name might imply, it's going into the tournament. So, but yeah, check that out if you if you feel like it. Uh, Fantastic Four cast uh, announcement. Wait, let me make sure I'm straight here. Da, 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 da. Yep. Cool. Fantastic Four cast announcement won't be soon, Kevin Feige says. So, I don't know how this even got brought up, but uh, apparently um, Kevin Feige was talking to Entertainment Tonight's online. Um, let see. Oh, this is at the Black Widow premiere. It says, uh, this, uh, the Black, Middle pre- Black Widow premiere is our first red carpet event in two years. We'll see what happens with upcoming gatherings and fan events when, uh, where we can release more news. I hope sometime in the near future, he says, about the um, Fantastic Four casting announcements, which maybe they got brought up. Maybe that didn't. That's kind of a weird thing to bring up at, um, at a Black Widow premiere or, I guess, anything, you know, related to Marvel. Who knows? But yes, apparently Fantastic Four was first announced back in the Disney Investors Call and back in December 2020, where we got a whole slew of other news, including Loki's uh, TV show and all the other TV shows, uh, um, Disney Plus shows that we're, we have gotten or will get in. Uh, let's see. It says here that John Watts of uh, Spider-Man Homecoming fame is going to be directing the movie so far. But they got nothing. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, speaking of Disney Plus shows, Loki boss reveals the foundational pillar of the Asgardian character. And this is spoilers for Loki episode four, apparently. Uh, if you've not seen Loki episode four, which we've talked about last week, uh, well, excuse me, week before last at this point now, um, go check it out. It's a good show. You know, I know some people are kind of off put off about it because it's not actually enough or whatever the case may be, but whatever. Uh, it's still a good, pretty good show. 
Anyway, Loki showrunner Michael Waldron spoke to the foundational pillar of Loki's character, suggesting that the Asgardian's loneliness is central to who he is. Uh, in an exclusive interview with CBR, Waldron uh, discussed some of the show's biggest events and offered some insight on the characters and production. Uh, when asked about star Tom Hiddleston's input on the series, Waldron said that Hiddleston uh, identified Loki's loneliness as something uh, that the show should investigate. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, quote, unquote, we talked about uh, how the first film and the work that he did with uh, Kenneth Branagh, building that character and everything. Uh, Waldron said, something that struck me with Tom was Tom identified Loki's loneliness as a foundational pillar of the character. That was really rich, I thought. Uh, let's see. Hedderston famously taught Loki school <laughs> uh, to, cat, to Loki's cast and crew in order to bring them up to speed on the character's uh, backstory in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He covered everything from costumes to stunts as well as how he felt emotionally in each film. Uh, Hiddleston has been previously called uh, a collaborative actor by Disney Studios marketing president Asad um, Ayaz, which I have seen. Um, there are a couple of videos out there about like Tom Hiddleston uh, breaking down his character roles. I believe it's from like Vanity Fair or something. You should go check that out because he spends a lot of time talking about Loki uh, and th- you know and and the various Thor movies, you know. Uh, and a couple of other movies, which apparently there's one that he did around the same time uh, before the Thor movie started uh, that um, may or may not have played into his characterizations of uh, Loki at some point. So you should definitely go check that out. I, I will try to put it in the show notes if I remember to do that. In fact, hold on a second. I can probably look that up uh, like really, really quickly. And then I'll put it in the show notes, because why not? But I hope everybody's doing out there, uh, doing well out there tonight. Um, And I apologize for the um, typing. There we go, I found it. Hey, yay, Google Foo. Uh, And you're probably seeing me right now, putting it into the... um, the show notes. So I apologize for a little bit above uh, behind the scenes going on here, but hey, it's GQ, not um. Oops, stop it! No, nope, we don't. We're not going to be doing that. Hmm. Soap is great. Don't get me wrong, but uh, what we're not going to do is uh, advertise something that we ain't got nothing to advertise with. And so we move on. So yeah, that's a it was a um that was a um a pretty good video that I just put in to the the thin. All right, moving right along. Loki Star shares behind the scenes photo of his boastful variant. Um Dio um Diobia Operia. I do have no idea how to pronounce his name. I'm so sorry. Um, shared a behind-the-scenes photo of his uh, recent... Sorry, I guess. Sorry. Um, I apologize. Let me stop. Um, shared a behind-the-scenes photo from his recent guest appearance on Loki as the boastful Loki variant. Didn't really... Wasn't really there that long. I mean, he kind of popped in for a couple of scenes and... You know, but... 
It was still cool to see. Uh, thrilled to be a part of the MCU and excited to have been introed in episode four of Loki. Um, Apare tweeted, alongside a photo of him in costume carrying boastful Loki's hammer, uh, the character first appeared at the end of Loki's first mid-credit scene with uh, Tom Hiddleston's Loki and a couple of other Lokis, uh, including classic Loki, which that was a good to see also. if you Again, if you have not seen episode four or five or any of Loki, it's pretty good. Uh, and here is the uh, Instagram post in question of a man's um, tongue out with the hammer and all that kind of good mess. So there you go. Um into and a report news um apparently Megan the Stallion could play herself in the She-Hulk series. Yeah. Um YouTube channel Everything Always reported over the weekend that rapper rapper Megan the Stallion will appear in Disney Plus's upcoming uh She-Hulk series. I'm just going to go ahead and say take this as a grain of salt. Don't just take this as a grain of salt. Now, if that ends up happening, cool. I also cap love Megan. Megan's dope. Um, um, for for more for more ways than one. So, if that does end up happening, that would be cool. But again, like I said, don't. Is this is I don't know what this everything always. Uh, it's, it's as far as I know, it's a rumor site or a rumor channel. Just take it as a grain of salt. Don't, don't. I wouldn't put too much into it unless it actually happens or there's some sort of confirmation. Uh, so again, this is coming from, wait, hold on a second. So this is coming from one of my very own sources here at the channel in an exclusive host and curator, Michael Roman, AKA all fires said in a YouTube video. So I'm going to give you a little bit of behind the scenes. Like, yeah, you sometimes uh, on this show, when I put some news in, I know good and well it's a, it's a rumor, it's a report, and all that kind of good mess. Sometimes you kind of want it to be true. Uh, some most times, it you have to take it as a grain of salt. This is probably one of those ones. And like I said, normally I, I've said a few weeks ago that I try not to use to do too much rumor stuff because a lot of that stuff is kind of dumb. But some of it's just too fun not to put in. This is one of those ones. So if she if, if Megan does end up being on on She Hulk, I will gladly welcome that. <laughs> That's all I'm so, gonna say. But yeah, needless to say, um, okay. So apparently that the uh, going into the rumor here. Duh, 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 duh. Uh, we are happy to report that Megan Stallion is indeed joined. Da, da, da. So yeah, again, this is the report. Rumor, sh- strictly rumor. So we just and this is coming off of some rumor. Right? This is also being picked up by comic book, comic book uh, resources. Don't blame me for this if it's not true. Um, but you know, sometimes e- even even um sites get caught up on rumor and speculation. But nevertheless, uh, see, Roman added that the savage rapper will appear on the show as herself, noting that's right. She won't be showing up as a superhero supervillain. Rather, she'll be playing herself on the show. Uh, He also shared that the role is not a cameo and could be reoccurring. So I will blame you personally. Well, you can, but you'd be wrong for it, Cap. So (laughs) good luck in making that one stick. Good, sir. 
Uh, let's see. Now, I remind you guys here at the channel at least twice a week to take everything, including this one. So even they say take it. See, right here. Boom, meow. There you go. So here's the thing that I don't like, okay? Well, so this is a rumor. This is clearly a, a rumor, a rumor site. But even they're like, they're saying definitive, like, yes, yeah, she's going to show up on the show as a, as a game of this, da, 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 da. But then you see this right here, which the covered asses, they might as well do. Uh, now I remind you guys that here on the channel, at least twice a week to take everything, including this video that doesn't come directly from Marvel studios, which this doesn't with a grain of salt, period. There you go. Uh, apparently this person vetted with two separate sources involved with the production. So they're 99.9%, which means they're like one, a 10th percent sure this is going to happen. Like somebody could tell you some, my mom's nephews, uncles, brothers, sisters, barista on the, on their father's side told me that, um, I'm going to be on the She-Hulk show. That's how, that's how you should take this news anyway. But if it does happen, Hey, if it does happen, cool. And I'm pretty sure we'll, the world will be better for it. Uh, anyway, speaking of the She-Hulk show, She-Hulk will reportedly have the hero break the fourth wall. I feel like we've heard this before also in, in Whispers. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. Like, it depends on which version of She-Hulk they're going for. If they're going for the classic one and she's breaking with her solo series and she's breaking the fourth wall, great. Like, Excuse me. Um, so here's another report suggesting that uh, Marvel She-Hulk will see Jennifer Walters pay homage to her comic book counterpart by breaking the fourth wall. Again, that's the thing that happens. She was doing it well before Deadpool, folks. Well before Deadpool was even thought of. Gets you some comic history. Talking to you too. That person right there talking about it. But that's a Deadpool thing. No, She-Hulk did it first. Anyway, uh, the direct um, reports that actually she—I don't think she did it. Well, she did it before Deadpool. I think probably was like Howard the Duck or some craziness like that. Uh, for Bush Man, most likely. Anyway, there are uh, direct reports that uh, there will be many instances of fourth wall being broken in the She-Hulk uh, Disney Plus series, with the character openly acknowledging that her presence within the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, the site also states She-Hulk will interact with real-world people, paving the way for celebrity cameos throughout the series, hence that last rumor of um, Megan and Stallion. Uh, for now, it is unknown if a storyline reason will be given for She-Hulk's uh, breaking the fourth wall, or will it just go unexplained? So, they did say this was going to be kind of a comedy series, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So, there is a good chance that this is probably true uh, because of that. Because, like I said... Savage She-Hulk and uh, some of the other She-Hulk books kind of did break the, break the fourth wall pretty heavily. Uh, and it also goes on to mention Deadpool, so we're just going to keep on pushing from that. Hawkeye appears to be headed for a fall 2021 premiere date, which I feel like we have we have had that date already. I thought it was like August something. Uh, but anyway, Disney Plus's Hawkeye series uh, may have its uh, sights set on a fall 2021 premiere date. Uh, Eternal star Lauren Ridloff shared a photo along Hearts, uh, Hawkeye's um, Alakwa Cox writing Echo and Makari looking at you, fall 2021. 
So that's interesting. So Echo's wait. So is Echo going to be in? Wait, we know Echo's going to be in Hawkeye. We know that far already. That's been that's already out there as, as fact. So is Makari of the Eternals going to guest star, or were they just only happen to be on the same set? Um, but it says <clears throat> that's weird. I guess let me here. Let me finish reading this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Echo and Makari will notably be the first deaf superheroes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, here is a picture of the two stars. Um, on from Laura Ridloff's um, uh, Instagram page. <clears throat> so, let me see. Doesn't say whether. Yeah, so it doesn't say whether Makari from the Eternals movie is going to be showing up on um, on the show. I mean, but Eternals is coming out this fall, if I'm not mistaken. So there you go. Uh, in fact, wait, when does the Eternals come out? I totally forgot the the date. Uh, do we know November fifth? So yeah. So they're both coming out this fall, just not... Okay, so we can squash that right now. They just ha- happen to be somewhere together. That's a cute picture, by the way. Um, I can't say it's full mixtape or anything, but, you know, this is this is what we got. Anyway, uh, Francis... Wait. Oh, what? There we go. Did I actually put that in there twice? Up. Oh, I hate shush, 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 shush. I think I totally did put that in there twice. Wow. I totally put that Fantastic Four um, article in here twice. That's that's uh, That was an oversight. Anyway, Abomination and Wong return in Shang-Chi trailer has uh, Marvel fans freaking out. So, by now you've all seen Shang-Chi's and the Legend of the Ten Rings trailer. You see one part of the trailer where you see um, a looks like an MMA caged ring and you see this big monster fighting this dude in monk robes and it has been speculated that that monk was Wong from Doctor Strange. Why he would be there? Don't know. The abomination definitely is a, is a known quantity already um, because we also know that um, Tim Roth is going to be in She-Hulk. I believe it's a Kumite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, as long as you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> you know you know what I was talking about. That's what matters. Um, so the second trailer of the Shang Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings made its triumphant debut uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, like I said, you know, Abomination was in the ring with uh, a monk that looks like um, that looks like it was Wong, and people have primitive Kumite. <laughs> Um, the appearance of the fight was quickly taken by taking the internet by storm uh, between fans celebrating on uh, abominations long away to MCU return and fans speculation speculating about the scenes implications for the larger franchise. Um, so yeah, actually, it kind of sort of well, it doesn't really make s- it makes sense, but it kind of doesn't make sense. Like Shang Chi's kind of there's some a little bit of you know mystical. Um, 
Wait, what is this about Tom Holland and Zendaya kissing? Um, and why is this a, a surprise? Like, okay, you know what? We that we'll we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. We'll come back to that some other time. Uh, like, am I surprised that they're dating? No, not really. Um, anywho, two good-looking folk. Anyhow, the um, but yeah. So we did, we don't get a face shot of the um of the monk person that is fighting him in this ring of fighting abomination in his ring, but apparently people have slowed down the, and stopped the uh trailer to see that it kind of sort of looks like Wong from the back. He's definitely doing like the um definitely doing magic moves which got got him knocked into the thing trying to turn to guard um against uh, abomination's blow. We don't know why he's in the ring with abomination, like. Did he go there on purpose to try to prove himself? Uh, was he dragged there? We don't know. Was he trying to get stronger? Is that actually really wrong? We don't really know. Seems very much likely that's the case, though. Um, but yeah, if you're watching the video version, you can see the uh, the tweets in question that people are speculating about this. Like I said, we don't really get a good face shot of it. We just know he's fighting the sorcerer. That could very well be Wong, though. I, that's what my money, because I was kind of wondering about that uh, when I first saw the trailer. And I'm like, that looks really suspiciously um, familiar person. But, yeah. Anyway, moving right along. Oh, I hate autoplaying videos. You know what? There we go. Oh, I hate autoplaying videos. You suck autoplaying videos and the sites that use them. Anyway, uh, Shang-Chi stars Simu Liu uh, channels Loki's Mobius in new photos. So Simu Liu, Liu uh, is, will soon be in... That's Shang-Chi, y'all. Y'all know who it is at this point. Um, Liu has made it clear time and time and again that he's a big fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and has posted a lot uh, about the recent Disney Plus series since they began earlier this year. Uh, in Liu's latest Twitter posts, he plays a hilarious tribute to... It's always hilarious and it's always insane with these articles. Uh, anyway, um, he pays tribute to Logie's uh, Mobius and Mobius, the character played by Owen Wilson. Y'all know who that is if you watch the show. Uh, anyway, we get to the, to the tweet in question... It's uh, Simu Liu, Liu on a uh, jet ski. And if you don't know the significance of the jet ski, you have not been watching Loki. Period. So that's kind of cool. That's neat. Um, and it's like you're a four Mobius. You can also see these other tweets that... Um, that um, uh, Liu has done. Including apparently this one that references Zoolander. So that's kind of funny. So I guess he's an Owen Wilson fan, as this article is saying. Sure. Soon he'll be making stuff out of Birchwood, I guess. Uh, anyway. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania's Jonathan Majors adds Kang to his signature. So Lovecraft Country star Jonathan Majors is set to make his Marvel Cinematic debut as the iconic Marvel villain Kang, the Conqueror in 2023's um, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Majors already appears to be getting into character, having recently added Kane to his uh, autobike autograph. 
<laughs> we was Kangs. <laughs> That's funny. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Majors recently made an appearance at Golden Apple Comics in LA, uh, where he added his signature to the store's replica of R2-D2 from Star Wars, which numerous other special guests have signed in the past. Uh, Golden Apple immortalized Majors' visit on Instagram, explaining that the actor said it was the first time he had ever signed something as Kang. <laughs> uh, Majors also took a photo holding a copy of 1986's uh, Avengers 267, which prominently features Kang on Don Bushima and Tom Palmer's cover art. So... Boom, here you go. There's from Golden I must have missed this post. Uh there's a there's a homeboy right there. So we also know that um Loki could possibly be setting up uh Kang um going into Quantumania because of what's going on in that show with the TVA and Ravana Renslayer showing up and all that kind of good mess. Um the last episode of Loki will be this coming Wednesday, so hopefully we're going to get something on that then. That would be a very missed opportunity if it didn't. If it didn't, but also could possibly set up what's going to go into Ant Man and the Wasp. Regardless, that's kind of cool. Um, so yeah, we're going to keep pushing though. Um, Marvel's What If trailer reveals Disney Plus premiere date. So if you haven't checked this trailer out, this is actually pretty cool. I'm actually kind of interested in this show coming out. Apparently it's setting up some other stuff too, because um, um, I've seen something not necessarily rumored, but um, spoken about it's setting up some sort of multiversal, uh, multiversal Avengers um, in the, in the show, which would be cool. But what if it's a series? Yeah, that tra- the the what if trailer was cool. Um, um, like I would I would have loved it if it was live action, but I'll take an animated version of what if they could do so many things with it. Like they could because what if it's a long running got a longish running series in the Marvel uh, comics. Um, that's basically just like hey, what if? Um, what if Spider Man? You know killed Mary Jane or something like that? Or what if uh, he kept the symbiote? Or what if the Fantastic Four, you know, were the Avengers? You know, what if Captain America was president? Which actually kind of sort of ended up coming true. There was an article I was going to write a few years ago um, for the site about the the What If series and what has actually come true in that series so it was stuff like, what if Wolverine joined the Avengers? It kind of it, it happened. It actually happened. So, like the, the aforementioned Captain America was president. That, that kind of happened, sort of. Um, but yeah, it was stuff like that. And I loved what what if series. So this is cool to see. I don't know if they're gonna go that far or just stick to the MCU stuff. But it sounds like they're kind of sticking to the MCU type stuff. Uh, but regardless. Um, Marvel's What If will make its debut on Disney Plus on August 11th, meaning that the gap between Marvel Studios shows is only about a month long, which has been true so far with the exception of... Um, actually, it's been not true on a couple of occasions. Because I believe the gap between... The gap between One Division and Falcon and Winter Soldier and Falcon and Winter Soldier... Um, 
Yeah, in fact, Wonder Vision did a couple of episodes. Did a, a couple of episodes right off the bat, so they couldn't step on into Falcon and Winter Soldier, if I'm not mistaken. And then Falcon and Winter Soldier to Loki. Loki had been like a month, uh, though. So I guess they're starting to do that right now. Either way, um, let's see. Yeah, August 11th when it's coming out. Westworld star Jeffrey Wright, shout out to Jeffrey Wright, will serve as the narrator of What If, which means he'll be he's playing Uatu the Watcher, which, you know what? Great. Awesome. <laughs> uh, voicing the all-seeing Watcher, as it just says, the rest of the cast is filled in with current and former MCU stars uh, voicing their live-action characters in animated form. So, you know, everybody who's played uh, their their uh, significant parts in the MCU, including uh, Chadwick Boseman, because he did... Um, I believe the ones that he did were done before he passed. So those are going to be heartbreakers right there. Um, in fact, the, the trailer, you know, there's uh, some clips of him talking um, as T'Challa in the trailers. And I know that's going to, that, that's been kind of uh, giving people the feels. So, but I'm looking forward to this and to, to see all that. And, you know, it, it will be good to, to, um, here and quote unquote see Chadwick um, one more time in the role, you know, as as um, you know, as bittersweet as it might be, I guess. Uh, move right along. New Star Wars Disney Plus series Visions isn't canon, so apparently Star Wars Vision isn't canon, which I get canon, which I guess makes most sense. Um, Disney's upcoming Star Wars anthology series entitled Star Wars Visions won't necessarily be canon to the mainline Star Wars continuity. Uh, the series was first revealed in December of last year as the, the, the investor call stuff as everything else did. Um, where it was revealed that the series would be a collaboration between Lucasfilm and several renowned Japan-based anime studios. I'm looking forward to this because there have been... Uh, like fan made and you know other there's actually been probably one or two Star Wars uh, kind of anime things that's out there on the, the on the internet and it's been some cool looking stuff and I think that's probably what gave way to this um but because of Star Wars Vision's unique development and production compared to other in-house Lucasfilm projects, fans have been speculating on whether the various stories would be consciously integrated into canon or whether they would just exist as a standalone projects. Uh, the series will consist of nine short films produced uh, by Sovereign Total Production Studios, most notably Studio IG, Ghost in the Shell, Studio Trigger, Killer Kill, and other things. I mean, another thing. Uh, let's see. I believe does Mappa also have the There's a couple of uh, anime houses. Hey, Kami. Hey, love. How are you? Um, hope you're doing well tonight. Uh, anyway, uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. In this newly released Star Wars Vision Sizzle Reel, the producers stress how each of these stories were intensely personal for the storytellers involved with little mandated direction from Lucasfilm. Uh, because the storytellers were given so few restraints, it was necessary to free the stories from the confines of pre-established Star Wars lore. So, chances are, probably not canon. But they'll still be good stuff regardless. Um, says, in a recent post from StarWars.com, it was revealed that Star Wars Visions storytelling didn't have to fit the, in the timeline. 
executive producer James Waugh further elaborates on this decision, saying that Lucasfilm, quote-unquote, wanted to give these creators a wide creative berth. You can, uh, and you can read the rest in the show notes for yourself. So, yeah, they're just like, hey, there you go. You know what? You got a story to tell that's uh, in the Star Wars universe? Run it. But it doesn't have to necessarily fit in the universe. So, cool. Uh, Star Wars Rogue Squadron script almost complete, says Patty Jenkins. Uh, so Patty Jenkins confirmed uh, the script of Rogue Squadron is almost complete and pre-production is going well. Disney came crashing out of the gate with Star Wars content following the, the release of 2015's Star Wars The Force Awakened. Uh, well, we already know the history of all of that going on. Da, 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 da. Uh, apparently, currently, the next Star Wars film on the calendar is Jenkins's Rogue Squadron. Uh, announced last year, again, at the Investor Call, where everything good came out of. Man, when we, yo, y'all, you know, when we talked about that Investor Call last year, when that when that came up, it was a whole slew of stuff. And some of it we didn't necessarily get to, um, but it was a lot of stuff. I, and obviously, you've seen the fruits of that, you know, with WandaVision, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, and then the upcoming stuff on the Marvel front. And some of this uh, Star Wars stuff uh, is also coming out, because I think Bad Batch also came out around that time, or was... Um, was um, announced around that time also, which I still haven't seen yet. But regardless, uh, let's see. <laughs> Can't be simple. Uh, see, yes, this is the first uh, Star Wars movie directed by a woman, uh, as this article tends to point out. It is scheduled for release in December 2023, so the, the details on the plot are still slim. Uh, it's certain that the focus, obviously... It's Rogue Squadron. So it's going to be about Rogue Squadron. Um, you know, Luke's, um, Luke's uh, X-Wing team that probably won't have Luke in it, I would imagine, depending on where where in the timeline they put it. Um, if it does, that's going to be weird because, you know, Mark Hamill don't look nothing like uh, he did when Rogue Squadron would, would have been a thing. But they have de-aged him before for Mandalorian, so... And that, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, but also, Rogue Squadron has got a couple of video games also. So, you know, that's the thing. Uh, let's see. Jenkins came up, gave a fresh update on Rogue Squadron while talking to the Hollywood Reporter at the reopening of the Warner Brothers Studio Tour in Hollywood. Um, though the film is still in pre-production, Jenkins confirmed that it's going amazing. She's always had been hard at work on it before Rogue Squadron was officially announced, and things are really coming to fruition now, Jenkins said. So that's good. I'm hoping that's good. I want that to be good. Um, move right along, though. Book of Boba Fett recruits Favreau, Filoni, Howard, and Rodriguez as directors. Now, I feel like this was probably already mentioned, um, I felt like we already knew this was to be a case, so I don't know. Um, but it's, but it's good to have confirmation, I suppose. Cause like I said, when this, when Book of Boba of, uh, was announced, this was already said, but anyway, uh, this plus is oh, upcoming live action Star Wars series. The Book of Boba Fett will feature a return of some acclaimed directors from the first two seasons of the Mandalorian. Star um, Timura Morrison has confirmed. We got some great directors on board: Robert Rodriguez, John Favreau, Bryce Dallas Howard, um, Dave Filoni. Um, 
etc. I guess. Marson, who plays the eponymous, y'all know who that man. That that's Boba fucking fit, man. Come on. I uh, said in an interview with the Dead Express. Let's see. Morrison also revealed that uh, Ming-Na Wen's Fennec Shand will be just as important to the Book of Boba Fett as Boba himself. It's a duo thing. So, cool. Which is probably good because the Boba Fett is not one for words. Like the most, This is probably the most he's spoken ever when he um, was on The Mandalorian. And even then, it wasn't a whole lot. So, you need somebody to play off of. Makes sense. So this is going to be cool. I am, I'm going to watch this when this happens. And season three of Mandalorian when that happens also. F9 will pass $500 million globally this week. Probably already has at this point because this is um, a few days. Actually, this is a whole week after um, uh, after after F9 came out. In fact, I can just go ahead and say to, let's see. Uh, well, Black Black Widow also just came out and made $80 million. So there you go. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so it did definitely make it. Um... One stands at 1.41 million globally uh, that F9 has uh, put in at this point, as of yesterday, as of this recording. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I would say that movie did pretty good. I have not seen Fast Nine yet. I still haven't seen Fast Eight yet. I'm supposed to be watching it with someone. Hint, 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 hint. Uh, but you know. Uh, there is that going to happen. So, I hear good things. Like, it's, it's just dumb fun. Which, those movies have been dumb fun. So, not surprised. Um, think. So, yeah. Fast, Fast 9 made a lot of money. Go figure. Um, when it's all said and done, and, uh, my theory that the Transporter series and Fast 9 and Triple X series all come together in one big massive movie, y'all gonna know. You heard it here first. Next up, um, Blade Runner Black Lotus reveals cast SDCC panel details. Uh, the characters, cast, list, and the Comic-Con at Home 2221 panel details for Adult Swim and Quincy Rolls Blade Runner Black Lotus animated series produced by, um, hang on, this is a, this is a sentence. The characters, cast, list, and Comic-Con at Home 2221 panel details for Adult Swim and Quincy Rolls Blade, uh, Blade, uh, animated series produced by I call it entertainment. That's a weird sentence, Tim. I love you, my guy. Or I'm just reading that wrong. Possible. I'm probably reading that wrong. I don't know. Shout out to Tim, by the way. Tim Adams, founder of this here car, this here come book chronicles. <laughs> uh, the Comic Con at Home 2021 panel will take place on Friday, July 23rd. Uh, some of the stars leading lending their voices to the Blade Runner English and Japanese voice cast include uh, Jessica Henwick. Uh, aka um, Colleen Wing, as we some of us know her as uh, Arisa Shida, Will Yun Lee. Oh, cool! I hadn't seen him since um, 
Um, well, he's probably been doing so, but uh, Sleeping Dogs. Will Young Lee, title of the main character of Sleeping Dogs. Uh, uh, Shinshu Fuji, Josh Dumel, uh, Titan Kusanoki, uh, Peyton List, and more. Uh, let's see. I'm not going to run down this whole list, but this article is naming uh, the the uh, the um the characters and the, the the people who are playing them all in a row, or at least from what they know at this point. And it looks like a pretty good cast, as far as I could tell. Like uh, some of these names, I definitely know. So that's cool. I mean, a little bit more Blade Runner stuff is always good to go. Uh, blink. My, oh, now we're going to transition over into the comic book news and bring this on home. Um, wait, people don't know how to get a hot tub and send for, you know what? Focus, righty. Um, Marvel's Avengers, the Marvel's Avengers Cosmic Cube patch, new features and changes. So yeah, they've been steadily patching up Marvel's Avengers video game made by Square Enix. If you don't know what that is, that's what that is. Um, I'm pretty sure you've heard about it one way, shape, or form if you've not played it. Um, yeah. Uh, so after months of waiting, the next major Marvel's Avengers event is almost here. To be clear, I don't have that big of a problem as some people have with the game, but it does need, oh, it has needed a whole lot of work. Um, which they've gone and do to its credit, so... Hopefully I can go back to it at some point soon. Maybe you'll see it on this here Twitch channel, uh, twitch.tv slash Chronicles. Maybe I'll play it here. Uh, the update that lies, lays the groundwork for the new content and event is causing some major issues. Oof. But it's still available to download. Uh, the new villain sector and cosmic threat event are going to require that download of 1.1... Uh, excuse me, 1.8.0... So players may want to learn more about the latest update now. Uh, the Marvel's Avengers update arrived on June 22nd, which that's um, that's almost a month ago at this point, uh, and makes some pretty significant changes to the game. All right, this is that that big big um, update that that happened. It also unlocks the beating the odds storyline, which makes a long requested tweak to hives that should make finishing them in, uh, much less time consuming. So that's good, because yeah, some of that stuff was a little, um, a little tedious. As always, the patch uh, also includes a laundry list of other bug fixes, tweaks, and balance adjustments. So yeah, good stuff. We won't run through all the stuff, but it's out there on the show notes uh, uh, for this here show. That'll be with the article if or the, the Twitter post uh, that I put out. Uh, Star Wars Over the Republic celebrating its 10th anniversary with its bit with a big expansion. Uh, Star Wars Over the Republic will soon mark 10 years since release, uh, a period over which this excellent MMO, according to this article, is actually pretty good. I have, I've, I've enjoyed um, uh, Old Republic the, the time that I've played it. I should go back to it. Anyway, has gone from strength to strength. Bioware Austin has announced that to mark the occasion, the game will receive its next major up- expansion named Legacy of the Sith. It will be free to subscribers and launch later this year. Uh, the game originally released on December 20th, 2011. I remember getting into the beta for it and playing it with a friend of mine. Uh, we loved it as Star Wars fans. And uh, they've gone away from like canon stuff at this point, and they've got all like a whole new storyline, but it's still pretty good from last 
Last Blush. It's been a while since I played it. I wish they had a lifetime um, subscription like us, um, Star Wars, Star Trek does. Because I would have bought it. I'm just saying, that's how kind of crazy I am. Anyway, Legacy of the Sith will see players on a military campaign to secure a vital planet for their faction as they uncover the ultimate plan of the renegade Sith, Darth Malgus. Um, this cherry chap has, has long been a part of the Old Republic storyline, and it looks like reports of his death have greatly been exaggerated. I feel like I've done the mission that killed his ass, so that's interesting. Spoilers, I guess. Anyway, so that's the thing that's going to happen. Yeah, has it already happened? Oh, um, I don't. See, yeah, I don't see. But it should be coming soon if it's not already out. Um, Spider-Man No Way Home debuts a strikingly different costume. So some of this is going to get retreaded in the next couple of um, articles. So bear with me on this one. Uh, merchandise from Marvel Studios and Sony Pictures' Spider-Man No Way Home is starting to trickle down the, the web with several toys uh, featuring a look at Peter Parker's new black and gold costume. Uh, the toys revealed by Marvel span from the fan-favorite 6-inch Legends line to the 12-inch Titan Hero series to Funko and Lego. So you can see the, uh, if you're watching the video version of this, you can see me scrolling through some of these, um, some of these toys. Like here's the Funko, um, one, which I will probably get. Here's the Legends one, which I will also probably get. Um, here's the, uh, this little, I guess is the, the three inch one. Here's a, I guess that's the same one. Here's the Lego, uh, set. That's the Titan Hero set. There you go. So, yeah. Uh, Spider's going to have a new suit. Um, that's probably not the, the Venom symbiote, if hopefully. Well, not even hopefully, but I don't know. That's a whole weird thing on that one. Anyhow, um, and again, Spider-Man No Way Home Funko Pops are up for pre-order. Um, there's the aforementioned black and gold one. Here's a picture of them all, including, looks like, what, Spidey with, um, Doctor Strange, um, uh, Doctor Strange powers or something. So I guess we are getting into the multiverse with, with, uh, No Way Home. That's gonna be cool. Uh, looks like, uh, Mary Jane, Doctor Strange, um, I guess that's, uh, Flash Thompson. So, Cool. Let's see. Oh, that's Ned. Sorry, that's not that's not uh, Flash. That's Ned. Um. So yeah, there we go. There's um. There's that one again. And it looks like pre-orders are live at Entertainment Earth now, with the rest probably coming down the line at some point. Cool. Loki's B15 and Ravana with Miss Minutes uh, Funko Pops have also been re- uh, revealed. So, Hunter B-15, Ravana Renslayer, and Miss Minutes joined, the, joined uh, the God of Mischief and Agent Mobius uh, in receiving Funko Pops inspired, inspired by Disney Plus's Loki. So, yay for that. I guess. Um, let's see. Yeah, these are... Like I said... These are figures that are from the Loki show. Uh... 
here are Ravana, Miss Minutes, and B15's full Funkos. And yes, I will probably get at least one of those because I am very stupid. Anywho, get me a B15 uh, Marvel Legends figure. That's kind of what I want. Please, Marvel, thank you. You can give me a Ravana one too since it's uh, about the Raw because she, she's awesome. Um, I doubt if they'll do that, but one can hope. Next up, though, um, Amazing Spider-Man cover art further teases the hero Marvel hero's death. So, cover art by Arthur Adams for Amazing Spider-Man 76 continued to tease the web slinger's death. Again. Uh, Adams' cover features Mary Jane sitting next to a very injured Spider-Man as he lays in a medical bed. Uh, Mary Jane's face is in her left hand as she holds Spider-Man's wrist with her right hand. Uh, Peter Parker is very worse for wear with his arms and shoulder bandaged up and a breathing device on the lower part of his face. Um, an almost broken spider web dangles from the top cover down to his bed, uh, to his bed's headrest. So do we have a, a full picture of that? Yeah, there we go. So yeah, if they're going to kill, kill Peter again. Because this is not the first time they've done this. We do know they're replacing him again with uh, Ben Riley, which I don't know if I'm going to stick onto the series. If that's, I mean, stay onto the series after the case, if that happens. So, but yeah, this will be building up to the, like I said, uh, um, the end of Nick Spencer's Nick Spencer's run going into the Ben Riley stuff. Uh, we'll see how long that lasts. Uh, Fox News drums up controversy over Cop Captain America. So, this has to do with that universe, the uni, you know, United States of Captain America comic book that we talked about uh, last week. Uh, not not this particular week, but last week. Uh, in it, um, the the shield is stolen. Steve and and uh, and um, uh, Sam Wilson are going to go look for it. They meet up with various other people that took up the uh, Captain America mantle, such as like the, the Captain America of the rails, who is, um, who is um, a, a gay Captain America who pretty much, uh, you know, stays on the trains and, 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 um, you know, defends people that are, that are being mistreated on the rails. Uh, and obviously you can see why Fox news would have an issue with that. Cause they're a bunch of assholes. Um, but yes, apparently Fox News since spent multiple segments this week taking umbrage with the, the first issues Marvel's of United States of Captain America miniseries, where writer Christopher Cantwell has Captain America question the, the concept of through the American dream. Uh, with the network's hosts and guests uh, arguing that Marvel is trying to make Captain America fit into what they call the fashionable trend of hating America. Or, I don't know, fucking uh, the idea of America that's supposed to fucking be. <laughs> anyway, uh, they, I, I, Fox News and, and anything Fox News related just needs to die. Like, <clears throat> like, why? Well, Disney bought Fox, so just uh, shut that shit down. But they're not going to do that because Disney's, yeah. Anywho, um, longtime comic book fans, however, took issue with Fox's general objection of uh, Marvel politicizing Captain America because Captain America's wearing a flag ass suit. 
I hate this take when they do this, like politicizing Captain America when the motherfucker is wearing a suit made from the colors of the, the American flag. His name is Captain America. If that's not already political, I don't know what it is. Anyhow, and this, as this article mentions, he punched out, Captain America punched out Hitler. That's not political at all in the, in the first episode, uh, first, first issue. Anyway, enough about that, because the less we talk about Fox News, the better. Um, the X-Men's new series will change the Marvel Universe again. So we talked about X-Men number one this week on the show. Yeah, go back to the uh, other episode that should be out already uh, by the time you hear this. Uh, it should actually be out by the time, if you're if you're with us live, it should actually be out on CSPN. Um, at least I hope it is. I'm going to check right now. Yes, it is. It is out there on uh, the CSPN. Matter of fact, here you go. Like, blah, 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 blah. Oops. That, that's not what I was trying to do. Oh, actually, no, I don't. Yeah, here we go. Y'all can see it. <laughs> so, yeah. Comic Book Fun Looks of 421, that's the latest episode. This is just a supplemental episode of it, and you can definitely go check that out right now if you so choose. And it's also on uh, Twitch and YouTube. Anyway, um, the first official X-Men team of Kakoa era will result in another massive change to the Marvel Universe. When CBR asked uh, X-Men writer Jerry Duggan what type of threats the new team will face, the scribe teased how the Marvel Universe will be changed yet again following its first 12 issues. Blowback. There's always blowback. We've seen some. Of, we've definitely seen some of that in the in the X universe already. So, um, the first twelve issues are pretty carefully constructed to tell the biggest X Men story we could conceive of. The X Men are going to change the universe again. Again, we've already in, we've already seen some a lot of that stuff already happening uh, during the Hellfire Gala. Uh, this book is going to be ginormous and fun, but we're pulling on some very important story threads. He con- continued, "New enemies will uh, come into the dangerous into come into dangerous orbits, and matters will boil over in this book and affect the entire Marvel universe." It's been a privilege to be asked to have this much fun. <clears throat> um, I've never had an idea that wasn't made better by Jonathan Hickman, uh, our editors, and of course Pepe Larraz, who's the artist on the book. Uh, we have big stuff planned. Hope you survive the experience because there always have to be that references reference in it um, <laughs> when talking about an X-Men book at some point. Superman, Son of Kal-El reveals the rebooted birth of John Kent. Um, this July, John Kent officially follows in his father's footsteps and inherits the mantle of DC Universe's most iconic superhero in uh, Superman, Son of Kal-El number one. Complete with a retconned origin and an exclusive preview from the opening issue from Tom Taylor, John Timms, and Gabe uh, Altab. John's father, Kal-El, is in the midst of a cosmic battle fighting alongside Green Lantern and Martian Manhunter before returning home to the Fortress of Solitude in time to witness Lois Lane giving birth to their son. Which... That's weird because John's been around for a minute now, so I guess this is going to be retelling that or something. I don't know what's going on with that. I haven't really been keeping up. Regardless, Superman has been my hero for as long as I can remember. 
uh, being raised by a single mother, he was one of my biggest real male road dog models as a child. I have a very strong memory of being four years old and proudly walking down the street with red underpants and blue jeans, over blue jeans, while wearing a faded thrift store Superman t-shirt, uh, Tom Taylor said in a written statement. Uh, for this Australian kid to grow up and become the writer of Superman, I mean, statistically, I'd have a better chance of being an astronaut and going to space. Excuse me. Um, writing a new Superman, a new hero for a new generation to look up to is a big responsibility and a great honor. So, cool. Um, yeah. That's what's up. Uh, let's see. John was born in a pocket dimension during the crossover convergence. That's right, because I barely read that. Created in 2015 by longtime Superman writer and artist uh, Dan Jurgens. With this new origin, John is much more firmly woven into the fabric of the MCU as the Infinite Frontier era continues ahead of the young hero claiming the mantle of Superman in his father's sudden absence. Uh, this is going to go on sale July 27th. So, if you're a Superman fan, go check that out, I guess. Uh, Action Comics 1 th- uh, 1033 teases a Justice League schism. Uh, again, another preview for an upcoming issue. Uh, July is quickly shaping up to be a huge month for Superman, with uh, Clark Kent's son John ready to inherit the superhero mantle, while another superhero, uh, Superman, helms a new iteration of the Authority. Uh, We've talked about that, where uh, I believe um, Clark is going to be uh, a part of the Authority in a a series. I don't know, we talked about it later, probably a couple of weeks ago on the show. Anyway, uh, DC has shared an exclusive preview of Action Comics 1033 with the Man of Tomorrow facing a Justice League divided amongst himself. And I'm kind of wondering if this is going to have something to do with Future State, because if you know anything about the Future State um, um, mini-event that happened a couple of months ago, it's sometime in the future, uh, John Kent and a whole new batch of us, uh, Justice League, kind of comes together, and a bunch of other things going on. Like there's some stuff going on in Gotham and other places, and uh, heroes are scattered, and all 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 kind of places and things are going on. Um, I, this sounds like this might be catching up to that, but I'm not entirely sure. There are some definitely um, books that are kind of now that are catching up to Future State stuff, like the Batman books now, kind of um, going into that stuff even though that stuff has already happened. So this is like the before going into that and the guess at some point it's going to cut into whatever or cut into After Effects. But anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, Mongol and the Sun plots their next moves, spelling ominous ramifications for the heroes. Uh, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, Johnson, the unlettered preview pages, including several uncolored pages, are drawn by Dan- Daniel Sampier and colored by Adriano Lucas. And you can see said pages uh, if you are watching the video version right now. Or you can go to the show notes and and check it out for yourself at your leisure. Uh, Next up, Dungeons & Dragons cartoon resurrected as Magic the Gathering Secret Layers cards. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say that I have ordered a set of these cards already because I'm a dumbass. But anyway, um, the 1980s Dungeons & Dragons cartoon returns as a set of variant Magic cards, or Magic the Gathering cards. And buckle up, folks, uh, if you're not into Magic the Gathering, which, by the way, there is a comic book out, so it's not like this is not comic-related. In fact, the, the latest issue just came out this week that I didn't get a chance to read yet. But um, 
But earlier, at some point earlier this week, I guess, uh, Wizards of the Coast announced that it would be releasing a Dungeons & Dragons cartoon-themed secret layer set. Uh, the set will contain a total of six either foil cards with images by Tyler Waypole, um, inspired by the Dungeons & Dragons cartoon, including cards featuring the Dungeon Master, Venger, Presto, and Bobby. Where's Diana? Well, I know Diana is on one of those cards. Um, as with most of the Secret Layer cards, these are technically reprints of existing cards although several of the cards use quotes from the Dungeons & Dragons cartoon for flavor text. Um, And you can see the tweet that has... um, Let me see if I can pull this up a little bit closer. So yeah, I ordered a set of both of them. So the normal stuff and uh, the foil cards. Because again, I'm a dumbass. And I love the Dungeons & Dragons cartoon series, even though it's loosely based on the uh, actual... Um, tabletop role-playing game. But if you're watching the video, you can see the um, you can see the cards themselves. See, there's Diana right there. Had a real big crush on Diana. Anyhow, um, and these are playable cards, by the way. So you could very well use these. In fact, the current uh, expansion that just came out is called Forgotten Realms, which is a D&D inspired set, which I'm pretty sure this article is going to go into. Um, all right, uh, all right, take it easy, Cap. Have a good night. Um, but, um, the set just came out and it's D&D inspired. And that's why this secret layer is, um, is, um, is coming out in relation to that. So like I said, if you're a fan of the Dungeons and Dragons, uh, cartoon, if you're of a certain vintage, cause I know that's that, that cartoon is older than some of y'all are watching and listening. You should check it out. 26 episodes, or it's supposed to be 27, but the last one didn't get made. Uh, so we don't know whether they, well, we do know whether they got home because that's out there on the YouTubes. Uh, you, should, you can definitely go check that out if you want to. But this is cool for someone like me who's old enough to remember the cartoon. Um, I, I kind of want to play the, um, the, uh, the, the, um, the, the, the beginning of the show, but I'm not going to do that because I'll put it in the show notes for, for anybody who wants to check it out though. I love the show. Um, you know what? I can do what I want. This is my show. Now I'm the captain. Now Actually, I don't know what if I've been the captain. No. Um, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that because it's going to take me too much time. But let's move on right along because we've still got a couple more things to do before we uh, before we call it. All right. Uh, Magic the Gathering reveals new adventures in Forgotten Realms creature cards. This is the the um, the expansion that I was just talking about. So the next couple of articles is going to be like preview cards. So forgive me for this because I am a little nerd and I love Magic the Gathering, even though I don't really play as much as I used to. Well, I've never really played all that much, so let's be honest with that. Anyway, um... Magic the Gathering has unveiled Swarming Goblins, the latest card included in the Adventures in the Forgotten Realms set. Well, again, that set just came out, so you can go get you can go get uh, some boosters right now. Uh, Wizards of the Coast has provided CBR with the exclusive first look at the upcoming Magic the Gathering card. 
uh, Swarming Goblins implements a D20 uh, mechanic designed to pay homage to Dungeons & Dragons. The inspiration behind uh, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, um, also owned by Wizards of the Coast at this point, by the way, for a long, long time. Um, the players who use Swarming Goblins must roll a 20-sided die, following instructions based on whatever number is rolled. So yeah, so this base, this expansion is basically folding in a little bit more D&D to the Magic the Gathering. I'm kind of looking forward to, to playing this and see how this plays. Um, they have added a couple of new mechanics, and um, like I said, you know, uh, between this and Strixhaven, which was the last expansion, they've kind of gone a little bit more D&D than, uh, than not. So, yeah, there's a card. You can check it out. Um, and, and it's all this regalia, um, if you so choose. Uh, Magic the Gathering D&D cards lean into the game's new dice rolling mechanic. We kind of just talked about what that, what that was, in a way. But as showcased in a new trailer, Magic the Gathering's latest expansion will see players making uh, greater use of 20-sided dice. Uh, excuse me. Several newly revealed cards, such as the aforementioned Swarming Goblins, see players roll a D20 20 when they enter the battlefield based on whatever is rolled the players then need to follow instructions on the card um so it's good that they have the spin down dice um with the with the uh booster packs or with the um look there's a Josh Lee Choir. um but uh the trailer released by the official Magic the Gathering Twitter account explains the differences between spin down dice and the D20 while the spin down dice uh, which has been used in tabletop trading card games for decades, also boasts 20-sided dice, 20 sides. The numbers appear sequentially, running around the die. Comparatively, a T20 sees lower numbers spread uh, out amongst the higher values. And if I was on my personal Twitch channel, I could roll a D20 right now. But we are not. Moving right along. Magic the Gathering D&D crossover set uh, to bring the Rogue class to a new card. So this is another um, preview card that uh, GameSpot was privy to, apparently. Uh, let's see. Oh, wait. Arriving later in July. I thought it was out or coming out. No, I thought it was out already. Cause, yeah, because I think it's out on Magic Arena and I think comes out physically um, uh, um Probably in a week or two. It's probably actually already out, and this is because um, this is from July second. So uh, I believe the set is actually out. Uh, while we've seen elements from uh, Magic: The Gathering come to D and D with books like Guild of Masters, Guild to Ravnica, uh, now elements from D and D gameplay will be introduced in the newest Magic: The Gathering set, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. And we have a look at one of the cards uh, for the upcoming set, so, which is this rogue card. Uh, there we go. Okay, well, there we go. So you can check that out uh, if you're watching the video version, or you can check it out in the uh, show notes. So yeah, um, when creating, wait a minute, it says when creating a character for a game of D&D, &D, you have to, you have a list of classes to choose from, such as fighter, paladin, wizard, etc. One class many players gravitate towards is the rogue, which you can play in a variety of ways. 
Uh, with the most common being a crafty thief capable of picking locks, delivering. Y'all should know what a rogue does at this point if you've spent any amount of time with anyone who plays D&D. Um, but apparently here is the card and here are the elements on the card and you can check that out. I won't really go into it because I know that kind of get a little bit into weeds for the, for the preview here. And I'm pretty sure my co-host is glad he's not on the show. <laughs> um, Magic the Gathering reveals new adventure cards in the, oh wait, um, did I actually really put this in here again? Um, what? And did I do this? Week? This is why I'm glad I did this. This, uh, yeah, this is why I'm I'm glad I um I'm doing this solo actually because I didn't realize I had done this. Um, I am screwing up. Anyway, last but not least, uh, the Eminence returned with sci-fi slice of life graphic novel Grass of Panassus. Uh, Catherine and Stuart Eminem's webcomic series Grass of Panarsis is being collected in a special hardcover edition of, from Ad House Books this fall. Grass of Panarsis is a slice-of-life kind of story, but set aboard uh, a drifting spaceship. Uh, originally serialized on Instagram, the Eminem's have reformatted it and added some extras for Grass of um, <clears throat> for the Grass of Panarsis hardcover. Quote unquote, join a huge cast including an angry including angry space techs, anxious energy workers, um, obsequious ramen robots, suspicious arcade owners, snack driven vat grown bears, and correspondent school druids in this backstage adventure uh, aboard a malfunctioning flying space rock. Reads ad hoc books' description of Grass of Panarsis. Uh, in some ways, Grass of Panarsis is similar to the personal stories from their previous series uh, never as bad as you think, but taking place in a, in a more fanciful, if if you consider it dilapidated sci-fi fanciful as I do, locale. Uh, Stuart Eminem's cartooning here has shades of his comedy work from Next Wave, which yay, and seemingly uh, a deep appreciation for the work of French cartoonist Yves Chalade. So cool. Um, there's a trailer attached to this. There's also a preview attached to this article. You can check that out at your leisure. Uh, Grass of Panas' hardcover goes on sale September 29th in comic book stores and October 12th in bookstores. And that, folks, is the um, end of the news and also the end of the show. But before, um, before we do that, we got one ad read to go off on and you know what um well i was gonna say this is appropriate because this makes total sense Um, oops that is absolutely not where i was trying to do Funko, fun at first sight. Your home for exclusive collectibles, apparel, and brand merchandise. Uh, and now, for the lit- listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles, uh, you can enjoy 10% off of your entire public uh, purchase when shopping at Funko. Uh, to place your first order with 10% off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. 
When you get to the checkout, uh, put in the offer code SHOP10, all one word, for your 10% off discount. Fun code through CSPN.us. Do it today. Ching! So, and yeah, I apologize for that because I'm not the one that usually does the, um, does the, uh, the promos for the show. But you know what? Here we are. And that, folks, brings us to the end of this show. Uh, we'd like to thank each and every one of you folks, five kind folks, for coming out. Um, we will be back actually this coming Thursday um, for a regular show. We don't have any movie protocol or anything in effect. So we'll be back with a regular show, uh, not to be confused with the regular show that's on Adult Swim. But with that, um, and I'll get to that in a second, I have been Rodicat. You can find me at Rodicat on Twitter. You can find me at News Nurse Need on Twitter. You can find me at CBCaps on Instagram. Um, Agent70, who is not here tonight, uh, you can find him at Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, PC and underscore dirt. You can find him on uh, PC and underscore dirt on Twitter. You can find me on Pop Culture Net on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com. And there's all the umbrella sites they're in. Maybe on Byte under uh, Comic Reviews No Vowels. Uh, Tim, D O G G 98 on Twitter, the Osiris that is ish. You can also find him at uh, CB Cron, which is the Comic Book Chronicles uh, Twitter account. You can find him at the Click Nation on Twitter. Um, which is D-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N, all one word. Uh, you can also find him at theclicknation.com. You can also find him specifically at Comic Book Resources, where he's over there writing his face off. Ching. And there's also some articles that's been in this uh, particular show, new show, that R- Tim's written. So go over there, go check him out. Uh, Tim Adams, over on uh, Comic Book Resources. Go get him and some, read the stuff, give him and some clicks. You know, because um, he actually is doing some good stuff, and I'm not saying that because I know I'm in. You know, he's he's a part of this show. Um, you can find this here podcast on the aforementioned CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find this here podcast on the podcast producer place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Cha-ching. Uh, you can also find this here podcast where we go live uh, when we go live every Thursday night, normally 9.30 ish p.m. on either um, the YouTube channel of the, the Click Nation. That's youtube.com slash the Click Nation or twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles, all one word. If you are here from either one of those places, hey, how you doing? Appreciate you for being here. Especially tonight for this uh, train wreck of a show. <laughs> um, also, um, yeah, no, next to that, the audio version of the show will be out on the aforementioned CSPN.us uh, and and other feeds um, probably within a day or two. Probably by the time we record the next episode, more than likely this this uh, this will be out. Uh, but you can always check the video versions on, like I said, the aforementioned uh, YouTube channel and Twitch page. And with that, folks, um, this is it. Until Thursday, I will see you then. Uh, this is the Cold Slither. Oh, excuse me. This is not the Cold Slither um, podcast. 
you totally you can check that out in archives. Um, this is the comic book Chronicles. Peace. Thank you.